On the show today, I'm joined by two of the very best musicians all the way from Music City. I'm joined by Sarah and Justin, who form striking matches. Their hits include When the Right One Comes Along and Shameless. We chat all about their upcoming projects, their music, and more. It is going to be a fantastic show, so don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the brand new episode of Benjamin Mayamake's Talk To Me. I'm your host, Benjamin, and I'm so excited to have you with us today. Now, I've got a fantastic interview with Justin and Sarah from Striking Matches. It's uh, one of my favorites of the year so far. It's a really enjoyable chat. I... I'm very excited to share that with you today, but I did just want to quickly remind you that if you're anywhere near Adelaide, uh, Preacher's Podcast Online and on stage, who produces this show, has currently got a uh, couple of fringe shows in the second largest arts festival in the world, the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Uh, They're producing a brand new comedy duo made up of myself and the wonderful Ben Sorensen from Melbourne. It's called Hashtag Bunny Pastards Hardly Trivial Trivia. It's on March 14th and 15th in the Adelaide Fringe Festival, and it's going to be two fantastic shows. So if you're anywhere near Adelaide or Australia, come on down. It is, as I said, the second largest arts festival in the world. So uh, it's, it's definitely worth having a look at. But now, on to my chat with Justin and Sarah from Striking Matches. Here's that interview. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, and thank you both so much for joining me today. It is great to be joining yeah. you today. <laughs> Thanks for, for having yeah. us. My absolute pleasure. Now, when did you both decide to pursue a career in music? Um, I think for me personally, um, my, both my parents are very musical. My dad is a woodwind player. Um, my mom is a singer, so I grew up around it. So I think I always just figured I was going to do music. I don't think I've ever thought about doing anything else. I think the way I thought about about doing it has always changed. I think I first thought I was going to be a professional clarinet player until I picked up the guitar and I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. (laughs) I'm going to play guitar now. Uh, and then I wanted to play guitar for other people, uh, and then started writing songs and realized, oh, maybe, maybe. And that was after I met Justin. Uh, but maybe we should do this together. So for me, it's been kind of forever. <laughs> yeah. I was seven. <laughs> really? No, I just... Oh, <laughs> you just made that up. <laughs> I just wanted you to have this long, elaborate answer, and I would just follow up with a... <laughs> I, was, I was seven. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think, like Sarah said, it's just something we've always kind of known um, that we were going to do because uh, it. I guess we work hard at it, but it never feels much like work i mean uh, i guess some of the travel and the the, some of the hours can definitely feel like it where you're just really tired Mm -hmm. so i I don't know it seemed like something we just love to do (laughs) just wanted to figure out a way to keep doing it yeah and how do you ensure that you stand out because there are so many thousands of people trying to be musicians but you guys have managed to make that work (laughs) um I think I think we get a little bit of an edge from the fact that as a we're a duo, but we also both play lead guitar, um, which is not something you see a lot of. You do see it, but I think we sort of get an extra little bump because it's different and it looks different to people, and so they don't not seeing something like that every day sort of just makes you stand out in a different way. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we hope that it stands out, but really we just do what we do mm-hmm. and um, hopefully that's enough to stick with people. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we, that's mm-hmm. what we want. Well, it's, it's worked up until now, but uh, when did you guys both meet? Tell us that story. <laughs> oh yeah. So we, we actually met at university where we were 
um, here in Nashville. Uh, we were both here at Belmont University, which we were coming here to study guitar, and which just seemed like a good idea as just fresh out of high school <laughs> and not really wanting to do anything, not wanting to do any real work. You go to, <laughs> go to college go for guitar. for guitar. Um, and we met on the very, very first day of school when neither of us knew a soul in, in Nashville. Um, they, they had all the guitar majors all together in one room, freshman to senior. And the professor was going around on the first day making all the freshmen get up two by two in front of all the rest of the class, all the rest of the, the, the faculty. And you had to get up two by two with a stranger that they, they paired you up with. And just make something up on the spot. And it happened to be me, and they happened to pick Sarah. <laughs> and we got paired together, and we got up and, and just, well, do you know any blues is kind of what I said. And she whipped out her slide and kind of just proceeded to blow everybody's mind. Because Ooh. I was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> that, that's pretty much how it happened, right? That is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then after that, we kind of just started getting together to, to jam. Because, again, when we both first moved here, I think our objective was to play guitar with other people. And so, but we kind of started jamming together and then realizing, oh, we both write songs. We should write a song. And then, oh, we've written 10 songs. We should go play them in a writer's round. And then, you know, just started doing that. And then people started saying, what's your band name? Who are you? And we were kind of like, well, I guess we're a band now. Yeah. <laughs> so it all happened very naturally and organically, a little bit accidentally. And um, that's kind of the story. Yeah. And where did the name come from for the band Striking Matches? <laughs> Striking Matches was, um, we were searching for something that kind of felt like it, it evoked what we were doing on stage, which was always really high energy. And we were kind of like just this interplay between each other where we were kind of almost guitar dueling. And it was like, there was this kind of friction between us. And, um, sometimes it would just, it would come off the rails and sometimes it would be something really amazing. And, and um, so it was like this volatile kind of, uh, just back and forth. And it, it just reminded us of what we were doing when we had the name. <laughs> And you guys both met at university. So do you think it's important for young musicians to attend some kind of formal training institution? I think it depends on more what you're after. I think in the end of it all, what Justin and I were both after was to make to meet people in Nashville and going to that school kind of gave us an excuse to be here nine months out of the year. Yeah, and to just not go home. Right, yeah, not go back home and, and kind of give up because you had to be at school. Um, but I think, you know... For for somebody that, that really wants to be maybe a classical musician and play in an orchestra, I think that's absolutely necessary. I don't know if it's as necessary to get the formal training if you're, you're a guitar player. You know, I think some guidance is always super helpful just to kind of show you where you're at and where you can go and need to be. But I think some of the, the best lessons that we got was were just from going downtown and watching people play yeah um so yeah. i think there's you can it, it's a little bit of both <laughs> yeah i think you should always be careful if you're learning in a school a scholastic sort of environment that you don't lose your kind of raw edge and and spark because i think that can get kind of trained out of people mm -hmm. so school's all all great but you you should always kind of keep that in mind as a, a player mm -hmm. and a musician a lot of our 
favorite of the greatest musicians of all time they they didn't didn't go to school at all they just did it yeah and uh, i i love the city of nashville but what drew you guys there why was that the uh, the target i think um for me at least i grew up outside of philadelphia which is not close to nashville at all but i just knew it was such a breeding ground for creativity and you know, there are New York was a lot closer for me. New York was about two and a half hours away. But I just I think especially being a guitar player and the kind of music I wanted to make, it made more sense to be in Nashville um, than in New York or even then in L.A. Yeah. And I, I grew up in Georgia, which is only a few hours south. Um, so I knew people who lived in Nashville and worked there with musicians. And there was always just this mystique kind of surrounding it and then i think there's there still is for everyone else it was that that same kind of allure but it was also closer to home so it wasn't quite like going out to la or new york it was just a little easier to sort of chase the dream but not be what almost on the other side of the world <laughs> what you know it kind of felt like mm-hmm. um it's also size wise it's just not quite it's growing like crazy but it's just not anywhere near as big as some of those other towns and it really creates a really special tight knit community, Mm -hmm. which is really unique to Nashville. And I think we got a taste of that even before we came here. And that was part of what, what really made us curious about coming here to see it. So you find there's a community, even though a lot of the time musicians are being competition for work and jobs. Yeah, I it's, you're exactly right that it is like that, but I feel like there's a unique facet to Nashville where a lot of musicians, a lot of artists even, they, it seems like rather than trying to step on each other to kind of get to the top, it almost is like everybody's kind of pulling in the same direction, Mm -hmm. trying to kind of, hey, if it works out well for you, you might bring me along and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of kind of rooting for each other. Yeah, it's not in a malicious way at all. It is a more lifty each other up way yeah mm-hmm. and whereas i think it's it's kind of dog eat dog in in other cities as mm-hmm. we've kind of heard people who have moved here from la or new york and there's a real it makes a lot of sense when you when you think about it you know when your friend starts to see success if you've stayed their friend their true friend they're probably gonna come and you know keep writing songs with you or uh, just you you'll inevitably benefit from it <laughs> um mm-hmm. which is kind of a a brilliant thing and so paying it forward has really been a part of the community yeah sure mm. and how long did it take you guys from forming a band to releasing your debut album um it was a, a few years, few years really. yeah. I, I feel like we're we're not slow when we are um creating music but i feel like just to build it together and kind of formulate projects and stuff from our formation to our first record to even our first record to where we're at now mm-hmm. it's just it takes a long time to to create so mm-hmm. it was a few years yeah and can you take us through that process of bringing together your your first album finding the producer the recording choosing the songs yeah um the first album was like Justin said, it took a little while to get there and we knew we had the songs for a little while and our manager at the time um we had we had a, had a few songs on this the TV show Nashville, and at the time one of the music producers of the show was T Bone Burnett, um, who's amazing, and um, so he had done one of our songs for that show, 
And he reached out to our manager and he was like, I want to produce this record. And for us, being our first record, having T-Bone Burnett be the guy that wants to produce your record was really, really cool. So we were obviously just like, yes, of course, that's what's going to happen. Um, and we kind of already had the songs all lined up, but we got to go into the studio with him for five days, four days. Uh, we made it all live and to tape. Um, and it was just a really cool experience. We knew we had always wanted to make kind of a live record like that. And, uh, so that's, we got to kind of make a dream record for our first time out, which was pretty cool. And how do you follow on from that with whatever comes next? Um, I think a lot of the songs, they just end up dictating that where, um, I feel like as artists, you're always kind of chasing a sound and you, you think you want something and then a year goes by and you want something else. And so <laughs> you, you just try and hang on to the raw emotion when it comes to you and, and stick with your, your gut on, mm-hmm. on where, you're, where you're going and what, yeah. what kind of story you want to tell. I think that's another crucial thing is there always kind of has to be a story mm-hmm. in order for it to be compelling. Yeah. You can put out another record full of love songs and, and maybe they're all brilliant, but I think that's always something that's important to us is just continue to try and tell a story. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned sound. How would you describe your sound? <laughs> I think that that's a really funny question to get because we get it really often um, where we just kind of do what we do and just something happens. <laughs> um, but I, I guess it's just it's sort of a mix between Americana and rock and roll and pop melodies and there's roots and blues there. So it's, it's like a pop rock Americana kind of uh-huh. um, <laughs> amalgamation. And uh, what do you think makes music successful? It's a good question. I think, I think, uh, you know, something that just resonates with people is usually what takes it to get there. You know, whether that's the story behind the song or even sometimes you can have a song that is a, great sounding song and you have no idea what the lyrics are about but if the beat is there and the music part is there then you know i think there are so many different ways that make music yeah um who knows really i I think (laughs) it's really just our job to do something that's honest which is i think the the standard that we always try and hold ourselves to it's hard for us not to be honest when we're when we're making music and we all, we always feel it if it feels like we've, we've recorded or written something that just, it just wasn't, wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can feel it, the listener can feel yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You know? So I think there's, there's like this, um, kind of magic that happens in between that you creating honesty and, and creating something that is infectious to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then just, it resonating with somebody where they, they either see themselves in it or they know somebody who felt that too. And, um, and then just like a catchy little melody that can, <laughs> that can get it to stick with them. Yep. But that's usually, if that's like a secret, there's like writing, writing something honest and then applying it with a catchy little melody so that somebody's hearing a message without even realizing it at mm. first. <laughs> and then once they kind of listen back to the lyric, they, they realize that there's something quite a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's always kind of like a fun sneak attack. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're writing or performing a lot of those songs with those deeper emotional truths, is it difficult not to get too caught up, especially in your sadder songs, in those emotions? I think you get to a certain point where you you might 
be more think when you're performing them, you're more thinking about the performance than you are the meaning of the song, except for every now and then. Like, for example, when we have done a song on a, a stage like the Grand Ole Opry, and you're thinking, man, this song took me to this place, and that can be a very emotional experience. But I think if you get too self-involved with what the song was about when you wrote it, you sort of discount the listener. So I think it's always really important to sort of pull yourself out of it when you can. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I feel like um, we write sad songs as sort of a, it's a, a therapeutic method to get through them. So in a way, they they don't make you sadder. You you write them and sing them in order to make yourself feel better. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's so true it's, too. It's almost you you wouldn't get caught up in that because it it's it's that's how you alleviate pain mm-hmm. a lot of times. Okay. And Sarah, you mentioned the Grand Old Opry. So clearly that's a, a famous uh, performance space and one of the most revered music halls ever. So you've seen a, a rise in prominence of of your music these last few years. How is that reflected in your lives? Are your lives particularly different to how they were, say, five years ago? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say so. I yeah. mean, five years ago, we were we were definitely playing music, but we, you know, we travel the world now. Uh, we get to do so many cool things that maybe we weren't doing five years ago. Um, we're I also I think we get recognized, which is really we do wild. Get recognized that's still sometimes. that's still wild. That's, that hasn't gotten old for us in yeah. the slightest. When somebody <laughs> comes up and says that they like what we do, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's all been incredibly cool. It's just it's a lot better. I mean, there are there are just different challenges now. That yeah, for sure. It felt like in five years ago there was probably no pressure whatsoever, but now there's some pressure to on ourselves for for the main part though, to get music out and then just to do something that's better. Mm-hmm. We always want to grow just and we be want better, to do something yeah. better, yeah. better as musicians and yeah. better people. Um, so that's that's kind of how it's different. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned touring and, and touring the world when you're on the road so much and performing every night how do you ensure that you stay physically and especially vocally healthy we try and drink a lot of water <laughs> we try and get enough sleep yeah. wash uh, your hands wash your hands we're, we're like super because we've both That's like the most non-rock and roll yeah They're i just know like, um, yeah wash your hands yeah we the the good thing is there are two of us and so if one of us is a little under the weather the other yeah. can kind of like carry a little bit more of the load um, but it's the worst when you're sick and you're on the road. And so we do everything we can to not get that way. We don't, we don't, we're not really partiers anyway. So. Oh, you speak for yourself. I mean. I stayed up till midnight. That's right. Last night. Um. Um, we appreciate a nice glass of wine or a good whiskey. But, uh, so we try and just, you know, keep ourselves in check with things like that and just stay healthy and. That's right. <laughs> Go into hiding, basically. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, you know what? You just can't help it because we we love hanging out with fans. Yeah. And so we're if somebody comes up to give us a hug, we're not going to not yeah, give them a hug. That's really true. Um, and that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. So we, we try to do our best, and um, that that's all you can really hope for. Yeah. You, you, when you have a, a full tour and a great long tour and everybody's tired and nobody got sick, then you just you feel like that was – that's the best feeling. Yeah, you succeeded. <laughs> yeah. And what's the strangest place you've ever performed? Hmm. <laughs> strangest place we've ever performed. Oh, performed. Oh, man. 
I wonder if that would be that thing with the dogs. Oh, that's a brilliant one. Yeah, that's so good. We were doing a festival, and the stage was, like, kind of indoors and sort of an indoor complex type of thing. Yeah. And literally right next to the stage was this pool that these... Well, do you know, they're like dog jumping competitions where there's a big, long pool, and the dog runs from one end of this runway, and the owner throws a Frisbee, and they leap off the end of the runway into the pool and try and catch the Frisbee. And just see how far it can jump. And then it, it lands in the water. Yeah, just YouTube it if you want to see these. I mean, <laughs> the dogs themselves are amazing. And, yeah, our stage was right next to one of these pools while yeah. this contest was going not, on. Not so amazing, you know, that. And um, we were, like, trying to do a ballad, and there's all these dogs barking, and it was just... Oh, yeah, it was. It, we were, like, singing uh, When the Right One Comes Along, which yeah. is this really tender love ballad that just... It's just when we usually like to have everybody just, just like just silent pin drop kind of moment and just, just be just us and the audience kind of thing. And we'd get to the end of the phrase and there would just be like, <laughs> just, be, <laughs> just dogs barking. It was, it was really weird. Oh, and so we were trying to be, you know, to sing this and try and keep a straight face yeah. because it was the funniest thing that maybe has ever happened to us. Yeah. Um, that was my yeah, one. Made it, <laughs> made it through. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely a pretty great story. Yeah. <laughs> So what's been your favorite song you've ever written or recorded? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I think there's there's like an old songwriter trope that I think we heard within our first six months of being into, into town. Um, it goes, your your favorite song is the, <laughs> the last one you wrote, <laughs> which tends to be, uh, some sometimes, sometimes the case yeah. where you're you're just super excited about the last thing that you <laughs> you made up yeah. and it's new and fresh and sure. you just um, I think my favorite song that we've written that is out currently because I think maybe currently my favorite song that we've ever written is not out yet it will oh, be really? out um, but the one I think that is out would probably be the when the right one comes along just because okay. of the way that that song kind of has really helped our career and um it was our first the first song we ever had on a tv show um which kind of was the the thing that gave us the ability to go start touring in the uk and in europe and um, yeah it opened a lot of doors yeah it opened a lot of doors for us so i think for those reasons that might be my favorite song that's out currently (laughs) there are a few i mean um we have one called make a liar out of me which is just a live moment that just Every time we do it, it just gets our hearts pounding. And I think the reaction that we always see from the audience when we play that live is just, it never gets old. (laughs) And speaking of audiences, what do you want a listener or somebody who sees you live to take away from your music? Um, I mean, I hope that it it makes them happy Mm -hmm. in, in a way that it just... If they're worried about something, that they that they stop worrying about it. Yeah. That I hope that we can inspire people. Um, yeah. Especially when I when I see Sarah play, um, and I kind of see the effect that when we see younger females out in the audience, kind of look at her and and think that they could play guitar, and <laughs> that's quite a cool thing. Yeah. That I think is just such a, a great thing. If 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 we inspire younger people to play guitar or just mm-hmm. anyone anyone maybe they aren't young at all but they just never really played and mm-hmm. they, they see us and then they want to 
Um, that's always a, an incredible compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope we we touch them with the lyrics too. Yeah. That's, that's always mm-hmm. when somebody says that they they come up to you and say that a song meant something to them. That's always the biggest compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And how do you think technology, especially streaming sites like Spotify, have changed how people consume music? I think it's actually fascinating how much it has changed things because there's so much uh, discoverability now. Like, you can find almost anything on the Internet now. And, you know, I, I, I like where streaming is at because you can put on a playlist and find 10 different artists that you've never heard of that you might not have come across um, if you weren't using Spotify. And and as an artist, that's really great because you can appeal to a lot more people. You have a reach that you never would have had with, you know, regular terrestrial radio or just selling CDs. So it gives this just literally a whole world of people that you might never have reached before, which I think is really amazing. Um, And also I think it's it's making it so some genre barriers get broken down. Because people are less, you know, for a long time, I think people were like, I only listen to country music or I only listen to to rock or rap. And now people like all different kinds of things and they can exist in the same space. And I think that's pretty great. Yeah. I think when when genres disappear or just, I don't know, it, it it's nice to see the, the barriers kind of get broken down a bit to where things can kind of cross over a bit. Mm-hmm. Cause then it just becomes music. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That, that's a healthy thing. <laughs> It certainly is. Now, yeah. what new music or projects can you tell us about? <laughs> yeah, we've um, we've been working. I, I guess, like we were saying, we're we're just interested in in telling a story and just doing something that that stays interesting. Um, we've written a ton of songs mm-hmm. over over the past year and 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 beyond, even um, where I think when people were asking us what we sound like, what, what we describe ourselves as, it, it really piqued our interest where we wanted to kind of almost, we came up with this concept project where we wanted to release, we wanted to lean into each of the sounds that people described us as. So, um, we wanted to release, um, an EP where we, we wrote only rock songs. And then we, we wanted to release another one where we, we wrote only pop sounding songs and then we wanted to release another where we we leaned in and just made them americana songs um americana roots singer songwriter type songs um so that's kind of what the year is looking like where we're going to take this collection of songs and the first one we're going to have a single coming out um or it may have just come out um (laughs) depending um and there'll be definitely more in the rock vein, like high energy and mm-hmm. um, a lot of riffs, a lot of guitar mm-hmm. riffs yeah. and a lot of, a lot of beat, that kind of thing um, where it'll always, it will be us, you know, in, in our harmonies and our songwriting. Um, but we just wanted to take each of these sounds and just kind of dive into each one of them mm-hmm. um, and explore them deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a lot of new music over the course of 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like a truly fascinating and exciting project, but a lot of work yeah. for you guys. Yeah, well, we we like it, and I yeah. think once we started um, almost kind of sculpting the project, like or digging it up, like an archeological mm-hmm. dig or something 
like that, just clearing it away as it became clearer, we just became all the more interested in it yeah. and kept, kept working more and harder on it. Um, but it's also given us the freedom to just sort of write what we wanted to write instead of having to think too hard, oh, this needs to be in this one single lane. And so if it's anything outside of that, we can't, we can't write it. We're just kind of letting ourselves write and letting what comes out come out, and then it will fit ultimately because that's our sound. Mm-hmm. So it'll fit in one of these three spaces, yeah. you know. Yep, and there's going to be kind of a weaving through line mm-hmm. in between them, um, where it's almost like a concept record, but it's it's yeah. almost the concept of genre. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Without it being sounding too highbrow, it's it's, it's music at the end of the yeah. day. So. Yeah. <laughs> And for our listeners who'd like to get some of this music or follow you guys for updates across the year, where can they find you online? We are on all the, the social media sites. So we're on Instagram, at Striking Matches, um, Twitter, which is also at Striking Matches, Facebook, uh, Spotify and iTunes and Amazon, all that stuff. Yeah, and we've we're been, easy to find. <laughs> we've been really, really lucky um, for people who follow us. We've got a really active and... Uh, just a really fun group of fans and mm-hmm. it's become a community where we just, I don't know, we recognize people who, who, who reach out all the time and mm-hmm. it's something that we really like to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So I think when people are curious if it's actually us talking on there or us reading it, it definitely is. It definitely is, yeah. <laughs> and, so don't and do we, anything <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if they say something mean, we'll just, we'll, it will, it will be us being mean back. Aww. It won't, it be won't be somebody else. Well, before I let you guys go, what advice would you offer to anyone looking to work in the music industry? Well, I'll let Sarah go because I, I have mine. But go, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh- um, I would say, you know, if you're a player or an artist, play as much as you can. Uh, if you're somebody that is trying to be more of the business side, just find something that you're passionate about and go go hard at that. Because for an artist, having those people in your corner is so, so important. And we can't do it without those people. So uh, for both sides of the coin, I would say just be passionate and play a lot. <laughs> yeah. And... I think mine, I actually stole it from uh, a good friend. His name's John Grady, and he's just sort of been a a mentor here. And he just said it so concisely. He said, don't do it unless you have to. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't being discouraging at all. It was when you really break it down and think about it. I think the people who like us or the people who get into the business and really find that they love it, they have to. There's not really a plan B for them. They're just going to make it work and they're going to be, this is what they have to do. And it was such a great way of saying it because I think if you don't have to do it, if you're just sort of, if you just like music, but it's not something that you just really need to do, Mm -hmm. then you might not be happy just trying to make it work because it's really hard. And um, sometimes it just is really delayed gratification, Mm -hmm. if any at all. And so it almost just needs to be the work itself that's gratifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so it was, it was just a re- it's actually an encouraging thing because if you, if you do have to and you know it, then you should absolutely do it. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for your time today and your wise words of wisdom. I will put links <laughs> in the show notes to where people can find you online and have a fantastic year. Thank yeah, you, thank so, you much. so much. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having us.
That was my chat with Sarah Zimmerman and Justin Davis, who are striking matches. And they've got a brand new song out today. So if you're listening to this on this wonderful Friday, the 8th of March, you can head over and um, you can get their brand new single, uh, which as I said, is out today. So have a look for that. And of course, I'll have links to their social media in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks, as always, to our incredible supporters, Palace Nova Cinemas, Mad Zombie Collectibles, and ZQ Racing. I've been your host, Benjamin. You can follow me over on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look up Benjamin Mayer McKay. We'll be back with another exciting interview later in this month. See you next time.